Hello and welcome to Car Talk from National Public Radio with us, Click and Collect, the Tapper Brothers. And we're broadcasting this week from the geology department here at Car Talk Plaza. Yeah, before we get into geology, though, I'd like to say that we'd like to dedicate this week's show to a dear friend of ours who recently passed away, Vito Maglioni, or Maglioni as some people call him, who, in addition to being a close friend of ours and a brilliant mathematician, was also known for several other things. <laughs> in, in fact, I was explaining to my daughter once about Vito, and I said, he was an extraordinarily shy person, and yet, if he was around, he made more noise than anybody else. <laughs> and God love him. <laughs> God, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna miss that noise. And, we and are. of course, Vito over the years has helped us with a lot of puzzlers. The most recent of which was the uh, the one that used Euler's uh, constant. Oh yes, he and, did a lot and, of work and, on uh, that. He and his son Nico helped us with that. We were stuck on that one. If it wasn't for them, we would. So <laughs> Nico's going to have to carry the torch, but I'm sure he'll be able to do it. And, and with your indulgence, we thought that during the show today we'd share a few stories about Vito and try to give you a sense of who he was. And that's why we we started with the geology department because our first experience <laughs> with Vito's loudness, shall we say, <laughs> was at a uh, was evidence itself at a trip that, that Vito oh. and his wife Dorothy, his long-suffering wife Dorothy, and his son Nico, and, and I and my wife and kids made to the Howe Caverns in, in uh, New York. And Howe Caverns, for those of you who don't know it, is, a, is an underground uh, system of caves, I guess, and there's even a river there. And it oh. was discovered by this fellow, whom I'm going to guess was named Howe, <laughs> and he had a farm. And I think he discovered it because cows started going missing. You know? <laughs> he must have started off with like 300 cows. And one day he said, geez, I don't like six left. cows. <laughs> what the heck is going on? Anyway, so it was this labyrinth of caves, you know, and quite a ways down. You have to take an elevator down. So so we go. We all... The elevator was there already? Yeah, he yeah. Well, that was the that was the big deal. He discovered the elevator. I mean, the caverns were nothing. It was the discovery of the elevator. It was the elevator. So so Vito and Dorothy and Nico and 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 Monique and the kids and I we all we all uh, uh, go down the elevator and you have a tour guide because they don't want you to get lost. I guess the place is rather labyrinthal, you know. And but Vito, from the minute we step into the place and get our tickets, is determined to come away with some kind of a souvenir, you know, or a keepsake. From Howe Caverns. Of course. You know, and he could, of course, could have bought something in the souvenir shop, but no, that would have been too easy. <laughs> so we're, we're going along this tour, and, and the guide is explaining all the unusual geology that, you know, has taken place over the millions of years that these caverns went undiscovered, and the stalactites and the stalagmites and all the other weird things. And I look around at some point, and the, the, the discussion was pretty interesting. No veto. And he's not there. He's, he's gone. You know, he's, he's, he, <laughs> he's, he's lost. He's <laughs> disappeared. And, and Dorothy asks, she says, have you seen Vito? I said, no, I, I don't know where he is, but I, I can imagine he's looking for a souvenir. And she rolls her eyes. <laughs> and finally, the the, 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 uh, the tour progresses <clears throat> to the point where we're about to get into the little boats. There's an underground river. We're about to take a little ride. Yeah. And the guide is concerned that there's one person missing from the, the oh, group. Oh, he counted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Out pops Vito out of nowhere. And, of course, we know what he's been doing. He's been sticking his arm into every crack and crevice, trying to find <laughs> something that he can put on his desk to say that this came from Howe Caverns. And not having found anything, I don't know why he singles me out. But he yells out, Raymond! There's nothing here, man! This place has been picked clean! Picked clean, I tell you! And I turn around just in time to see his wife and son melting into their shoes out of embarrassment. It was, it was a classic veto. Yes. Picked clean! <laughs> anyway, if you have a question about how caverns or anything else, give us a call. Our number is... 888-CAR-TALK. I'll tell another Vito story later on in the show. <laughs> there there were many of them. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on car. Hi, this is Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Where are you from? I am living in West Monroe, Louisiana. West Monroe? Yes. Okay. I've been having a problem with my key and my ignition. It gets stuck whenever it's cold. <laughs> Uh huh. And I can't get it out. Um, it doesn't happen when it, the weather is warm, um, but it's only when it's cold. 
So I end up using my spare key and leaving my key in my ignition and locking my car with the key still in the ignition. <laughs> uh -huh. Great. Well, now, given that, we're going to guess what car you have. Okay. <laughs> I will be amazed. Who's going to be doing the guessing? <laughs> Timo Sabe? Hawaii with you. I'm going, to, I'm going to guess that she has a General Motors car. Oh, and I was going to say a, a Nissan. So what do I get if you're both wrong? <laughs> oh, never mind. <laughs> Wait, we want a second guess. No, I don't want any more guesses. I give up. All right, I give up too. I have a Honda Accord. That was my that was my second really? guess. You know, actually, I was going to say Honda, and I said, gee, I don't believe it's a Honda that's doing this. So you, you put the key in, and you can turn it. Right, I can turn it on, but it's just when I am done driving and I am trying to you know, get out and go to wherever I'm going, then I cannot get it out. Now, sometimes if I wait for a minute yeah. and I kind of sit there, turn off the radio, get my things together, try it again, and it'll come out. Is this, is this I hate to ask a stupid question. Usually I might let my brother do that. <laughs> but uh, you've tried the spare key, and that is is, is, uh, is unsuccessful as the original key? Yes, I, that was my first thought. Maybe it's just a bad key, but I tried both. Uh, good. That was very, very good. Yeah, so, it, so it, it's not the key. And I've tried graphite lubricant inside. Someone told me that, and that doesn't help. Is this an automatic transmission car? Yes. Well, here's what's happening. The reason you can't get the key out is that it's not all the way in park. Okay. What determines whether or not you can get the key out is whether or not the, the shifter thinks it's in park. and there's It a, has to get a signal from the transmission that the transmission is in park. And you ain't getting that signal. And I don't know how it's done on Honda. Some some vehicles do it with actually a cable. Some do it electronically with a little solenoid. But in, in no matter what, no matter how it's done, the key will not get released unless the ignition lock is convinced that it's getting the signal that you're in park. And the reason they do this is they don't want you to be able to take the key out unless the thing is in park. Otherwise, it can roll down a hill. Roll away. So why would it come out eventually when I just sit there? Just it just takes a while to get that message. It might it might take a while, or the thing might be stuck. I don't know, but you're going to have to take it to someone, and they're going to have to probably take apart the the, the shifter and see if in fact there's a, maybe a, a lazy switch there. You may have to have you know the solenoid replaced or the switch replaced. What okay. you might want to try temporarily before you get it fixed is <clears throat> when when the key does not come out, take it out of park. And jiggle it around a little bit and then put it back into park and see if then the key comes out. Okay. You can also try the time-honored method. Yeah. Whack it. Of hitting you with your shoe. <laughs> exactly. It always works. Or it's <laughs> not, not the ignition Free switch. Running. You hit the shifter. You know? Okay. You're going to push it forward more toward park. So it may be that it, or you can try, what you, otherwise you can try, you can try holding it into park with one hand or maybe with a knee. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah, and pulling out the with key. With my third leg. With, with well, it'd be, like, it'd be like a yoga move, maybe. You would, <laughs> you would cross your left hand under your right forearm. Yeah, yeah. The right I hand like would go for the key. With the left hand, you would apply a, a pushing motion okay. to, to a shifter. And, and at the same and, time, you would try to remove the key. And then you go right to the hospital. Okay. <laughs> right, you go right to the chiropractor afterwards. <laughs> yeah, no, if you just take it out of park and put it back in again. I'll bet, okay. the, I'll bet the key well, comes right out. It will at least tell you then what's going on. And okay. then you can take it someplace and get it fixed. Okay, great. All right, see you later. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. 1-888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hey, guys. It's Rich from Shelbyville, Kentucky. What's going on, Rich? Oh, well, I need some help with uh, the wife, and I need to get some brownie points back. Oh, Boy, we what, did, are, what, did, what did you do that was I'm wrong? I'm just the right guy for this one. <laughs> <laughs> I figured you would be. Uh, last fall, in the process of cleaning out the car, I'm reaching underneath the passenger seat. Mm -hmm. now I'm 6'4", just pancake stack over 300 pounds, so I don't fit in this car very well. Mm. And I reached my hand underneath, and it was getting pinched. I took my hand out and removed my wedding band because it was pinching. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I set the wedding band on top of the dashboard. Oh, I see it now. Oh, no. Right. Now, see, you're done cleaning up from underneath the seat. I go to come up from underneath there, hit my head on the back of the glove box, and the next thing I hear is... The wedding ring slides <sighs> down the dash. Yep, and into the front corner 
the very front corner on the passenger side where it has not been seen from since. It fell into the... Uh, the defroster vent. Defroster vent, right? It, it was actually in the very corner next where the defroster vent stops, over in the very, very corner where you can barely fit a finger in down there. What, what kind of a car is this? Oh, I'm sorry. It's a 2003 Ford Taurus. You know what you need? A lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> you need a lawyer because your wife is going to sue your butt. <laughs> so the, she obviously knows you lost the ring. Time, so it was something that she knew happened. So. Yeah, you're lucky that it happened the way it did. I mean, because if, if you know, I mean, there are all kinds of reasons why guys take off their wedding rings, and yeah. I can only imagine what she would have imagined if it hadn't happened under her watchful eye, so wait, to speak. Wait, how sure. unique is this ring? It's fairly unique. Oh, did she like make, oh. take a jewelry class for six <laughs> months and make it herself? Well, no, but we picked it out. So, oh, and, uh, and you you'd never be able to re reproduce it. You could, but it'd probably cost me more than just ripping the dashboard yeah. out. Well, who cares? Not do that. <laughs> who cares what it's going to cost if you can <laughs> duplicate it? I figured you guys would be able to come up with the answer because, ironically, I was listening to your show while I was cleaning the car. Oh, sure, uh, sure. Blame us. If all else fails, Tommy and Ray as well. <laughs> well, so obviously you can have the dashboard taken off, but that's, there's no adventure in that. Right. I, right. Yeah. At this point, at this point, we can make it an adventure because uh, at least have a good story to go with it. Yeah. You I, I, I think that you should try to remove that little plastic vent piece there, and that what does that supply hot air to the side windows or something? Is that is that what that does? No, it's way uh, where that is. Now we're talking way up in the front corner. Way up in the front corner. I don't even think it's a vent. It happens to just be a gap in the plastic. Oh, you're done for. Oh. Well, well, wait a minute. I th <laughs> okay, here's, well, let's here's, see here's, that call. No, here's what I would say. We, we eight, have... eight, eight. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, rich. Rich, Oof. rich, rich. Well, there's almost nothing to be lost by fishing around in there. So if there is a, if there's a space in the plastic, you think that it just fell into that space, and you might even be able to see it. Right, but obviously you can't because of the way the windshield is. I can't barely yeah, get my finger head, in there. Your head's right. got to be in two places. Well, you've got to use a mirror. Time. You've got to use a mirror because you may be able to see it. Oh, oh, you know what we have at the shop? We have a yeah. little scope. And most shops have these things which allow you to look through an eyepiece. Okay. okay. It's a little boroscope. And okay. they allow you to look around corners. It's got a fiber optic thing. This thing okay. might fit in that little spot. Or at least at least get an eye in that little spot. You may be able to see your ring, and you may then be able to go at it with something like a, a small hook of some kind. You know, a, even a, a, a something as simple, believe it or not, as a paper clip that's been shaped into a hook. And you right. might be able to get lucky and pull the thing out. Yeah. Coat hanger type thing or something like that. And, and, when, that, and when that doesn't work... You could just throw yourself on the mercy of the guys at the dealership and tell them to take the dashboard off, and they'll find it. There you go. You know. Okay. Good luck, Rich. Oh, Thank boy. you. Yeah, don't don't ever clean the car again, whatever you do. <laughs> Never. It gets me out of cleaning the car now. <laughs> oh, man. There you go. See you later. Thanks. 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hi. My name is Sharon, and I'm in Baltimore, Maryland. Hi, Sharon. Good. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Well, I have a cold, but I'm fine. Okay, well, we'll everyone has a cold. Don't get too right. close to the phone. We might catch it. What, what can we do for you? Well, I was uh, visiting my cousin in Florida a couple of weeks ago, mm -hmm. and she said I have to get gas. And she drove what seemed to me a very long distance to buy gas in one of those membership warehouse Oh, like, like Costco or one of those, one of Sam's Club or... Right. Right, right. And when I asked her why, she said that not just one, but several mechanics that she trusted had told her you're only supposed to buy one brand of gas. Yeah. That it doesn't matter what grade, but stick to one brand. More than one mechanic told her this. More than one. And I had heard it somewhere, too, but it sounds like poppy. So there are at least two wackos down there in Florida. <laughs> Must be the sun. <laughs> Right. Uh, do you have the answer to your question? <laughs> Is that the answer? That's the answer. Yeah, no, okay. that's not so. so. It's just nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. These, these places from which she's buying the gas, whether it's a, one of these Sam's Clubs or whatever, they are not buying their gas of the same people every week. <laughs> right. 
Exactly. Right? I mean, they're, they're, one week they're buying it from ExxonMobil, another week they may be buying it from Shell, et cetera, et cetera. Right. They're buying it from whoever has the it's best least. price and right. whoever has, a, you know, an oversupply. And what she's got to be careful of is that she buys the same kind of gas, meaning that if she, if she puts regular gas in it, she's got to continue to use that. If she's putting... High test gas in it. She's got to be willing. To. Uh, if it if it requires premium, first of all, yeah. I don't believe that there's any car that requires premium, even the ones that say premium gas only. They don't. We could save a fortune if we just stop buying premium gas. All what right. kind of a car does she own? She has a like a little van. And even if you have, you know, I want to. Even if you have a car that says premium gas, put regular in it. Because <laughs> I okay. think it's, I think it's a scam. Yeah. Call your friend and tell her that she's crazy. The gasoline that she's using to get to this place is costing her a fortune. And we've just saved her maybe a thousand dollars. Okay, I'll tell her to make a donation. To her public radio station. Public radio station in Florida. All right. See you, Sharon. Thank Great. you very much. Bye bye. Look, it's time, I think, to answer last week's puzzle, which I'm sure you don't remember. Oh, yeah? What makes you so sure? Well, how about 20 years of experience? Am I wrong? <laughs> no, I was just interested in your degree of confidence. <laughs> <laughs> Extremely high. Well, look, at last week's puzzle was about Bugsy's car <gasps> collection. I remember. Yeah, you remember it. Yeah. I knew you would. Yeah. Not really. Huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, it was a simple logic problem, and we'll be back with the whole story and more of your calls in just a minute. So please stay tuned. Red light up ahead, hurry up and get dead. Cruising in a long black wild party in the back. Driver gotta let foot bridges out. Don't look, paint the town. Your heartbeat a countdown. Dragging down a hallway in a hospital bed. Red light up ahead. Hi, we're back. You're listening to Car Talk with us, Click and Clack, the Tappert Brothers. And we're here to talk about cars, car repair, and, of course, the answer to last week's uh, puzzler. And yeah, it was as, good. As I mentioned a minute ago, this was a logic puzzler that involved our technical, spiritual, and menu advisor, John Bugsy Lawler. Mm. And his wife, too. <laughs> now, look, in, in the 20 years or so that we've known him, Bugsy has regaled us with tales about his 66 Corvette, which was always where? In the shop. <laughs> How's the Corvette? In the shop. <laughs> I mean, we, we've never seen it. Now, because he, no. he, he was also told us about his 63 Lincoln Continental never limo. Never saw that, no. Never saw that. His checker cab. Never saw that. His 76 AMC Pacer, the one with the fur seat covers. Uh-uh, never saw that. I've <laughs> never seen any of these cars. <laughs> well, anyway, we were sitting around the other day, and Tommy makes the following statement. Bugsy owns 50 cars, maybe more. Dougie says, no way. I know for sure that Bugsy owns fewer than 50 cars. And then Louis Cronin chimes in and says, well, I know Bugsy owns at least one car. So we've got three statements. Tommy's statement, number one, Bugsy owns 50 cars, maybe more. Number two statement, Berman saying, Bugsy owns fewer than 50 cars. And statement number three, which is Louis, Bugsy owns at least one car. Now, here's the wrinkle. Here's the logic part of it. Yeah. I'm going to tell you that only one of these statements is true. So you have to figure out which one is true. And then once you figure out which one is true, you have to answer this question. How many cars does Bugsy own? Whoa. I have to say, I was a little bit confused by this. Well, there you go. And, <laughs> and you know what would have helped if you had remembered the question? That is a you. I can tell you. Well, no, I realize that that's the key. Yeah. You Knowing the question is, is Knowing is the question was yeah. the key. I'm going to email you the question every day. <laughs> but here's the deal. If statement number one is true, that your statement, yeah, Bugsy owns 50 cars, then statement number three has to also be true, right? What, what, what's number three? The one that says Bugsy owns at least one car. Right. Okay, well, that can't be because those are two statements true, and that we can't have two true statements. Like oh, I told you, only one, one statement is true. It's true. Right? You paying attention? I'm with you. Only one statement is true. If statement number three is true, then statement number two would also be true. Huh. So let's say Bugsy owns six cars. Louis' statement would be correct. And and Berman's statement that Bugsy owns fewer than 50 cars would also be correct. Right. However, it's possible for statement number two to be correct if Bugsy owns no cars. Exactly. So Bugsy owns zero cars, which makes the other two statements obviously false. Does he own at least one car? No. Does he own 50 cars or more? No. No, because he owns no, no cars. Nothing. Pretty good, huh? 
Excellent. That, <laughs> so, that, that's not bad because I thought it was complete bogus nonsense. When you first gave us the puzzler, I thought it was impossible. Tommy, I, what, of course. What, would I ever... <laughs> Would I ever give a puzzle that had no answer or was so obfuscated as to make the answer un, unattainable or un, 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 unfathomable? Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so who's our who's our winner this week? The winner this week is Grace Williams from Honolulu, Hawaii. Mm. And for having her answer selected at random from among all the correct answers that we got, we're going to deliver to Grace a $26 <laughs> gift certificate to the Shameless Commerce Division. We're going to deliver it to her because she lives in Honolulu. <laughs> oh, I mean, well, there's no reason for you to go. I mean, I could just go. My, no, my... no, it's all right. It's all right. I've already made the arrangements. <laughs> oh, and with that gift certificate, she can get a red, black, and white three-quarter sleeve car talk baseball shirt, anabolic steroids sold separately, Grace. <laughs> anyway, we have a brand new puzzler coming up in the third half of the show, so stay tuned for that. And if you have a question for us now, give us a call. The number is 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hi, this is Luis from San Marcos, California. Hey, Luis, what's going on? Well, my wife's 95 Miata uh, has a nasty valve sound after I drive it. The The valve train goes tick, 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 tick. Ah. And that happens more after I drive it than after she does. So I asked her mechanic about it. I said, I think, you know, it needs a heavier oil. He said, yeah. He said, put in 530. And I went, 5.30, that's not heavier. He said, oh, yeah, 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 it'll get under the under the tappets. And I'm going, that's bogus. But <laughs> I didn't want to argue with him because he had a nice lady there. So yeah. I left thinking, this isn't right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. What are, you, what are you using currently? What, what have 10.30. You You're using 10.30. 5.30 thinner. Well, that's what I thought. It's but... less viscous. Let me just qualify something here. You say after you have driven it. It's my wife's car, so I take it upon myself to blow out the carbon every once in a while. Ah, okay. which, but none of which it has, by the way. So Modern cars don't have carbon. <laughs> but but if, you need, if you need to use it as an excuse, Luis, to drive it, then to your secret it, is safe with us. To good, drive good, it good. in a crazy manner. Right. <laughs> I knew I could rely on you. Right. And just for, for the people who are listening and don't quite get it, what you mean is that when you drive it, you don't shut it off and hear this noise. But you stop the car, and then you hear the noise. Right. At idle. Why? How when it's idling, and you finish driving, you've just driven the hell out of it, and and you've wrecked the engine. No, no, no! I blow out the carbon. You blow out the carbon, of course, of course. Yeah. You know, it must be that carbon trying to escape, making all that that ticking noise. Now, when when your wife drives the car in the manner that she customarily drives it. Does she complain of this ticking noise? Uh, no. But she's not blowing out the carbon like you well, are. Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So how much carbon do you figure you've blown out of this thing? In, uh, in, how, how old is this car? It's a 95. It's got 80,000 miles on it. Yeah. Um, so it's 12 years old. And, and, and so how often do you blow out the carbon? Every chance I get. Well, <laughs> you know, about once a week. Once a week. Once a week, huh? Right. I mean, what happens when you drive a car hard uh, is primarily that the engine gets hot. You know, I mean, hotter than it would get if driving it normally. And it might be enough to diminish the oil pressure enough so that you'd have lifters making noise. In other words, they weren't getting pumped up enough because the oil pressure drops off. And that's what happens uh, if you drive it very hard and it gets very hot. And that's why it's going tick, tick, tick. If you have the wrong oil in there or if you're damaging the engine by over-revving it, trying to blow out carbon. <laughs> I don't think I over-rev it. What if I put in a heavier oil? Would it? Well, well, you could. You could do that. You could just mind your own business <laughs> and stop driving the car completely. Or you could put in a heavier oil, or you could do both. Yeah, so, uh, but, 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 but the heavier oil is, is going to cut down on your mileage. I mean, heavier oils that are more viscous mm. are harder to move around. And, and the engine, in addition to moving around its internal pieces has also to move around the oil. The oil, as well as it lubricates, also represents a drag, too. You know, it slows things down. So, you know, if, if you thought a little was good, it's like taking one, you know, one capful of NyQuil when you feel sick. Well, I feel real sick, I'll take two. And uh -huh. sometimes it isn't as good as the one. And, and so, so you can't put in necessarily thicker oil and have it be better for the car because things that need 
oil won't get them because the oil never gets thinned out enough if it starts off too thick. Uh, you know, so yeah. so you might be able to go to 10W40, you know, but I don't think I'd recommend that. I think the first thing I'd recommend is an oil pressure test. Okay. Absolutely. Just to see how much damage you've done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I would do this quietly. <laughs> I, I, I'll take it to my own mechanic. That's it. <laughs> where I have to secrecy. Exactly. Right. What you don't want is you don't want information to get back to your wife. Says, oh, no. Luis was in two weeks ago. He had that oil pressure test done. <laughs> oil pressure test? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to yeah. take it to some guy who's working out of his basement. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think you need to do that first. And if, in fact, the oil pressure is really low, then it's possible that maybe the thing didn't have enough oil changes or who knows. It could be low for a lot of different uh -huh. reasons. And it may be, you might want to have somebody check the technical service bulletins on this vehicle. Okay. Because there may be a problem. I, I know for, for years I had a Dodge pickup truck whose lifters made noise. Yeah. And I was convinced that at some point the oil pressure was probably too low or the lifters were going to collapse. It turns out the lifters were just undersized. And when the oil got hot, even though it had good oil pressure, they just they, they just weren't strong enough to unseat the valves. And they started to collapse a little bit and they made noise. And 200-odd thousand miles later, they were still making that same noise. So that obviously wasn't anything to be concerned about. <laughs> so you may be in that same boat, but I wouldn't go around blowing out any more carbon than I had to if I were you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, and, and Luis, yeah. your secret is safe with us. Good. Right. Good. We'll never tell. We'll no. Unless, you, unless your wife is on the other line. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> I think it's time for another Vito story. It is. I mean, I have known, I knew Vito for how many years? 50 years. And wow. <laughs> and all Was during... he always loud? Oh, man. But I've only known Vito for 40 years. I'll just, just to give you some idea of the kind of guy he was. Vito was supposed to graduate the year before I graduated. Mm -hmm. But he didn't graduate. Which was 18 what? 18... <laughs> 1891. Yeah. But he, he didn't graduate because he took a physics course, which was the only course he had to pass. And in the final, the instructor had asked a question, and Vito knew what answer he was looking for, but Vito didn't agree with the instructor's answer. Oh, and he needed this and course to graduate. And he refused to write down that answer because he didn't think it was right. So he explained to the teacher and told him what he, Vito, thought was the right answer, and he flunked him, and Vito <laughs> didn't pass, and therefore didn't graduate. So he walked into the the commuters club, the, which we called at the time the 515 club, and he walked, I remember I looked up, and there he was standing at the door. This room is full of people, and he screams at the top of his lungs, I didn't make it! <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! And that, and so he did. He graduated with you. He ended up graduating with me because the following year, he somehow managed to pass. Really? And he, that year, he walked into the through the door and said, "I made it!" <laughs> and so he graduated with me. Well, well I wanted to tell the story about uh, Stanley's jacket. Oh. <laughs> When when Vito went to buy something, he always researched. Oh man, did he! And, ever. and he knew a lot about things that he had researched, and if, everything. He was so precise about everything. So Stanley shows up at my house one night, and and he's very proud of this leather jacket he had bought at a discount clothing store. Sims. <laughs> <laughs> he had bought a, this leather jacket. Stanley was a cheapskate. <laughs> so he buys this jacket, and and he. He's showing it off to Vito, who whom he knows has a, a leather jacket a leather of his jacket. own. Yeah. And he says, hey, Vito, check out my leather jacket. Isn't it beautiful? I got it for 50 bucks. And Vito stands back in awe and he says, gee, Stan, that's a beautiful jacket. I'm sorry. He says, gee, Stan, that's a beautiful jacket. And then he says, I know a little something about leather jackets. Let's check it out because I'm sure it's a fine jacket. And he says, uh... See, this, does, does it have a wind flap? You know, what's that flap in the front that keeps the... And he says, no, no, Stan, it doesn't have one of those. But that's okay. He says, uh, how about ventilated underarm gussets? And he, he lifts Stanley's arm up by the wrist and looks underneath for these little perforations that allow, you know, perspiration to escape. And he says, oh, no, Stan, you, you don't have those either. But that's okay. That's okay. How about a zip-out lining? 
<laughs> and he opens his jacket up, zips it, unzips it a little bit, and looks inside. He says, no, no, you don't have a zip-out line either. Oh, maybe there's a map pocket. And they open the thing up, and they look on both sides. No map pocket. Jeez, Stan. And finally, Vito spins him around, gives him a good slap in the back, and says, nice jacket, Stanley, <laughs> nice jacket. <laughs> Yelling all the time. I think Stan hung that jacket up in his closet. Threw it away. Never wore it. <laughs> Never wore it again. Oh, boy. Anyway, uh, time for a call. 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hi, guys. This is Mara from Peña Blanca, New Mexico. M-A-R-A? Yes. From where? Peña Blanca, New Mexico. I got the Blanca part. Peña? <laughs> Peña, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that means something uh, white. white. White something. White feather. Yeah, white rock. White rock. Yeah. <laughs> That's close. <laughs> Rocks are just like... <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. What's up, Mara? <laughs> um, I have a new Toyota Prius, which I love, but other drivers don't seem to love it as well because um, when I drive at night, the headlights are really, really bright, and they bother other drivers. I've been... You know how... Other drivers flash their bright lights at you when you feel, they feel like you're brightening yeah. them. Yeah. Well, I get that a lot. And, in fact, I got punished the other night driving home. Somebody was so mad that they got behind me, and then they brighted me from behind. Oh, oh you, you don't have those blue lights, do you, those blue headlights? No, they're not blue. They're just white, but they're really intense. Well, it probably huh. aims wrong. Does it seem to you like you're lighting up more of the road than you should be? Well, I was trying to pay attention to that, and it does go far, far down the road. Like, I don't know, maybe 100 feet. I don't know if that's right. But it also goes rather high. Like when you pass a stop sign or something, it's like three or four feet off the ground almost. Oh, yeah, I think they're, I think they're, they're uh, misadjusted. But you, did you buy the touring package when you bought this car? No. You bought just the run-of-the-mill Prius? Yeah, it doesn't have like that GPS. So you, didn't, you, didn't, you didn't get what's called the HID headlights? I don't you know, think so. I don't know. know. It sounds like you have to go back to the dealership where you bought it. Okay. Tell them what the story is and let them check it out. Yeah, but if if, if you got the HID lights, which are which are really really bright, it's really essential that they're aimed correctly, because okay. even when they are aimed correctly, they tick off other motorists. So you think we might have the HID lights? You might. Okay, and um, and the dealer can adjust this. Yeah, and yeah. it's like I said, it's important that they're adjusted correctly, but it's important that all lights are adjusted correctly. But even if you have the regular halogen lights, they're probably, if they're misadjusted, uh, blinding people. We used to drive a little Geo Metro and get blinded all the time by those SUVs. With the yeah, so you're just getting back at everybody. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know. I feel like I'm I'm sympathetic with them. I feel like driving without my lights on. Yeah, yeah. my brother doesn't have that problem when he drives. <laughs> he has two candles. <laughs> you know, I was up. just thinking the very same thing. <laughs> I don't have that problem. No, he has two candles behind a piece of window glass. <laughs> anyway, Mara, I, I think they're probably just out of alignment. And okay. I can't even go fast enough to blow out the candles. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Thank you. Good luck. Good luck. Bye-bye. Hey. All right, look, be, be, before we get to the new puzzle, we, we are contractually obligated, I, I'm sure you're aware of this, to give our listeners a short break. Yeah, I mean, we have to give them a moment of peace and quiet, a chance to get away from our incessant cajoling, bickering, laughing. Hey, do you think that I could get away from all that, too? Is there a chance? <laughs> yeah, sounds pretty good, doesn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, stay tuned, because in just a minute, we're going to be back with this week's brand new puzzler. You want to give us a hint about it? Uh, uh, sure. It's it's a uh, it's actually a word puzzler. Very interesting. Very interesting. Word okay, puzzler. we'll be back in a minute. We're back. Ooh, don't scare me like that. <laughs> You're listening to Car Talk with us, Click and Clack, the Tappert Brothers. And we're here to talk about cars, uh, car uh -huh. repair, uh -huh. and the new puzzler. Wow. And this was sent in. I'm going to read this. What's the date on this? Oh, 
just the other day, 2003. <laughs> but late 2003, well, Where November. has it been for the last four years? It's It's been in this blue briefcase here <laughs> that I carry around, and, and I shuffle the puzzlers around, and, and yeah. occasionally one comes to the surface, and after I've seen it six or seven or eight times, I might use it, especially if I'm desperate. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you really shouldn't do that because... In the, in the in the interim, the person who sends it in could have died. Well, I know and, I, I know Paul Mulek didn't die because he sent another one in the <laughs> other day, so he's still kicking. Oh, that's and why you're going back to this. And Paul has sent in a few, and I I I uh, okay. I like this one. I think you'll find it cute. Go ahead. As everyone knows, in English, most singular nouns can be made plural by simply adding an s mm -hmm. or sometimes an es to the end of the word. So in most cases, every letter of the singular form of the noun will also be found in the plural form. You with me? Most of the time. You know, for instance, like... shoe like, and shoes. Right. Bum, bums. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why did I think of that when I looked at you? <laughs> there will be exceptions, of course. For example, the word matrix has the plural of matrices yeah. and bacterium, bacteria. But even in those cases, just about every letter from the singular noun also appears in the plural Oh, in I, the I plural can see form. it coming. Okay. I can see it coming. Well, the other day, I was rereading one of my favorite books, The Lord of the Rings, when an unusual word caught my eye. Of course, uh -huh. this, this, this book is full of all kinds of weird words from imaginary languages, but this particular word is a bona fide English word, and it's a plural noun. And it has none of the letters in the singular. Bingo. None it, of the letters? It's an, it's an old word, okay, yeah. it's not used much nowadays, but you'll find it in just about any English dictionary, okay? The singular form of this word, however, is a very common English word. Mm -hmm. But here's the interesting part. Like you said, the word in question is a plural noun, but it has no letters, none, in common with the singular form. Wow. Not one single letter. And the question oh. is, what are the two words? Uh, matrix? <laughs> Not one letter in common. So you might guess, I, I guess the hint, if I had to give a hint. No, no. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll take uh, a if hint. If I had to give a hint, uh, you, you might guess that the, the both of the words are rather short, or at least one of them is. Ah. Right, because the longer the word, the chances are you duplicate a letter. Don't forget, the plural of this word has not one letter in common with the singular of this word. Yeah. Now, if you think you know the answer, write it on the bottom, the bottom of a 24-inch two-drawer U-line wine captain wine cooler with separate <laughs> temperature settings for red and white compartments, special anti-vibration technology, thermal tempered glass doors, and 50% internal humidity control. And send it along with a case of Ravenswood 2002 Monte Rosso Zinfandel <laughs> stat <laughs> to, to Puzzler Tower, Car Talk Plaza, Box 3500, Harvard Square, Cambridge. Our fair city. Matt 02238. Or you can email us your answer from cartalk.com. But if you have a question right now, uh, give us a call. The number is 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hey, guys. This is Nick from Northampton, Mass. Hey, Nick. What's going on, man? Well, uh, my friend Alex and I thought it would be really cool if we could uh, hook up a power inverter to the cigarette lighter and hook up a TV and an Xbox in our car so we could play it during school. A TV and an Xbox? Yes. <laughs> so we hooked it up. It worked fine, sure. and um, everything was going great. I drive to school the next morning, and um, when we try to play it at school, it, everything in the car shuts down. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, works like a charm. <laughs> for, for, for people who don't know, what 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 uh, Nick and his buddy Alex did was they hooked up a device which converts the DC in your car to AC to AC, and you did it through your cigarette lighter. Uh huh. Okay, and and when you did that, you ran a, a small TV and the Xbox. Uh huh. Okay, and then now now the next day, every everything shut down. What do you mean everything? I mean the the power locks wouldn't work. The lights in the car wouldn't work. The dashboard wouldn't work. The cigarette lighter <laughs> definitely wouldn't work. Yeah. Um, and But the alarm system would work. Does the car run? The car does not run. Oh. Okay, so you blew the main fuse. The main fuse. Is this a Japanese car? No, it's a 96 Jetta. 96 Jetta. 
Well, somewhere, and I don't know how they do it. I'm, I'm not familiar with how they do it on Jettas, but every car has something called fusible links. Mm-hmm. Okay, and these are fuses that are between the battery and the other fuses in your car. Because you have so many circuits out, you blew one of the four or five fusible links that serve everything else in the car. Okay. Okay, so you've got to get the wiring diagram out and find out where you blew this fusible link. And I'm going to suggest that I don't think you, you are demanding too much current. I don't either. But maybe because you're running it through the cigarette lighter, mm-hmm. something something unusual happened. But it should have blown the fuse for the cigarette lighter only. Okay. Right? And, and why right. it blew everything why else. Is, why a fusible link does not make any sense to me. Well, and, and I, I don't know either, except that it may be that the, the fuse that runs the cigarette lighter is bigger yeah. than it should be. And, it, and as be. such, you are allowed to pull to away all this extra current. Yeah. So you, <laughs> could, you could put a 25-cent piece in the air in place of the fuse, I suppose. Yeah. No, no, you, you got to. <clears throat> so now the car is dead in the school parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah, covered in snow. Covered, yeah. Yeah. covered in snow. And yeah, so, and it's not, you can't jumpstart it or any such thing as that. So, I mean, was anyone intending to play Xbox video games while they were driving the car? Was that ever entertained as a notion? Not the driver. Not the driver. Just Uh, everyone else. Yeah. Just everyone else. You guys were going to be pretty cool with this. Oh, yeah. We were going to be the stars of the school. Yeah. How did that work out? Uh, I mean, (laughs) had you told anyone that you were doing this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We told everybody. It's so embarrassing. (laughs) Oh, God. All right. Well, I think it's important that you get this. You're not going to work on it outside in the cold. Right. So you've got to get this thing to a shop and tell them you're pretty sure you blew a fusible link. Okay. And and then once they fix that, it's not going to cost a whole lot of money. No. Uh, Once they fix that, you should probably wire the thing directly to the battery. And it's gotta be have its own fuse too. So I gotta get a special hookup to get just that direct to that fuse to specially be for the right. The you TV need and a Xbox. circuit dedicated. Yeah. So you're gonna have something hanging under the dashboard that you're gonna plug the inverter into. Oh, okay. So the inverter, and then the inverter has the uh, has the 110 outlet in that you're gonna plug the TV into, and you're gonna have to get a trailer to haul all this stuff around. But <laughs> no, you, no, this is not too bad. No, you can do it if you're okay. dedicated to doing this. I I I can see you're gonna have this up and running after winter vacation. <laughs> get right on it, man. All right. All right, you might have to get your physics teacher involved in this. Yeah, I'm sure she'd love that. <laughs> See you, oh, she would, I'm sure. See you later, Nick. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. All right, it, it's time to... I, I, I have to tell this last story about Veep because uh, even though... Well, you'll see. <laughs> there'll, be, there'll be a warning here for, for children, but it's... it's but a language warning, but it's not particularly offensive. I, I, I don't I think don't, so. You know, I know what I know what you're gonna say. <laughs> Some years ago, uh, my young younger son Andrew decided that he wanted to have his birthday party at at a, a well-known fried chicken establishment, which should remain nameless. You know, with these Why? places. Well, because they might sue us. <laughs> you know, this place serves buckets of fried chicken and mashed potatoes and corn in the cob. Oh. And there was some distinguished southern gentleman with white hair who was their spokesperson. Other than that, I, I don't want to describe the Okay, name. then don't do it. So I, I won't. <laughs> so, so needless to say, we we invite everybody that we know to, to, uh, to accompany us. And we go there and we buy several large buckets of fried chicken because when you got a big mob you gotta go there you well gotta... it's, it's cheaper it's cheaper, it's cheaper. Sure. you can't get everyone get a little box so and the thing is full of you know it's got wings and breasts and thighs and drumsticks and, oh it's perfect and, and the, the whole bit and Vito is one of these and now Vito was six feet tall and weighed 160 pounds his whole life <laughs> now I don't know how he did it but he was always the last one to finish and there was never a morsel of food left he could eat forever yeah if and... there was food he ate he ate if so he always liked when we over ordered because he'd finish up and he'd say, Wow, that was great <laughs> So here we are at this fried chicken place and everyone had reached in and grabbed whatever he or she wanted and Vito grabs why does he always why did he always grab me? He grabs me by the arm and he says, Raymond, look in these buckets And I look and he says, What do you see in there? I said, I see a bunch of pieces of fried chicken. He says, no, no, no. I said, what do you really see? What, what's in there? I said, it's, it's fried chicken. He says, 
Do you recognize any of the parts? I said, well, well now that you mention it. I said, are those breasts? I said, no. Are they wings? No. Are they drumsticks? <laughs> I said, well, no. I said, what are they, V? You know what they are? <laughs> we got two buckets of chicken asses. <laughs> That's where they put them on the bottom. <laughs> they put them on the bottom, figuring yeah. you'll never get to them. <laughs> you have to admit. He was always thinking. You know, and the chicken butts have to be sold to somebody. It just happened to be us that day. <laughs> and, of course, leave it to Vito to figure it out <laughs> and announce it to everyone <laughs> within 100 yards of the restaurant. <laughs> if you have a question about your car, give us a call. It's 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. A lawyer on Car Talk. Hey, fellas. This is Spencer, and I'm calling from... Portland, Oregon. Hi, Spencer. What's going Portland. on? I'm uh, I'm calling on behalf of my neighbors uh, oh. who have a 2000 uh, Toyota Sienna minivan. They took their minivan to the dealership. Uh, it, it was making some funny noises, and uh, the dealership said that they need a new transaxle. Oh. And they said that uh, the transaxle would be under warranty if it was broken, but since it's only making noises... It's not under warranty, and it'll cost them, I don't know, twenty five hundred, three thousand. Oh, oh, so, so, oh, so you called us to give, get advice on how to break it. Exactly, <laughs> That's exactly it. Yeah. Oh, we can do that. So, so how, how many miles on it again? Uh, eighty, eighty some odd thousand. And the and the warranty extends how far? Uh, they've got till June. June. Yeah. So they bought an extended warranty, either from Toyota or from a private. Hmm. And is the mileage? Uh, uh, a factor in this if they had another 20,000 miles on it? You know, I, I'm not really sure. Um, they just have said our, our warranty runs out in June and um, we need to figure out a way to make this break. Well, I'm going to tell you exactly how you're going to wreck it. Spring yeah. break is coming up. Yeah. And there have got to be some college students there that are dying to drive from Portland to <laughs> Miami, Florida. To Miami Beach. Exactly. Right. right? And, and they're you're going to lend them the car. Okay. Not you, your, your neighbor. Your neighbor's going to lend them the car, and, they, and, and they'll never and what do you it. care if they break down <laughs> in Oklahoma? Yeah. But it'll be a learning experience for them, right? Exactly. And they might have a great time, but I think the only way to get it to break is to drive it. If, in fact, the warranty is six years, 100000 and it's unfortunate that those are the conditions, but they're very clear about how the warranty is applied. And sure. if something isn't broken, then, you know, they're not going to fix it. I mean, everything makes noise. My wife's Volvo, her transmission makes noise. It isn't broken, but it's going to break. Right. But I'm not going to fix it yet. <laughs> I'm going to wait till it breaks. What if we, uh, you know, did some, like, burnouts in it or some... What? Yeah, no, I, we, I mean, we we couldn't recommend anything like doing spin-outs, draining the fluid out. <laughs> we couldn't recommend any of those things. No, and right. it's unnecessary. Yeah, no, we Because couldn't. that's really... Uh, crooked. Yeah, we couldn't and recommend we, like slamming it into reverse when you're going at 30 miles. We, we just couldn't recommend any of those things, Spencer. But driving because... it is something you would normally do. We're right. just suggesting that you drive it a lot. And fast. <laughs> and non-stop. So these kids, you're going to tell these kids, look, you're going to make it You're going to make it to, what's the, what's the big destination in uh, Panama City? No, what, what you do is you, you promise them you're going to give them the car on Tuesday, you don't give it and you don't Friday. give it to until Friday. You, <laughs> right. you can make right. up the time, kids. There's eight of you. You can drive 40 hours a day. And you're going to make up time as you go east. No, you're not. You're going to lose time. But that's another story. You'll make it up when you come back. Anyway, that's that would be my recommendation. If the warranty extends to 100000 before June, you might be able to croak this thing. And, right. if these, and, and the good news is if the kids couldn't croak it doing this, then he may be fine. Oh, then there's nothing to worry about. There's nothing to worry about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, tell them good luck. I, I sympathize, but uh, I I know the Wait, nature of these warranties. Why are we always on the on the side of the of the person who owns the car and not the person who owns the company that's trying to make a few bucks? What the insurance company? Yeah, I hate insurance. <laughs> no, no, I don't hate insurance companies, but I. I but I, they do have strange kinds of I, ideas. I guess my disdain <laughs> of the insurance industry is from the time I. Had that car fall off the lift. <laughs> I mean, it was a minor little thing, and and boy, they they got awfully uppity. I have to say, what, what he slid over was the car fell off the lift. Oh. He put a car up on the lift, and lo and behold, it fell off when it was about five feet off the ground. Six. 
Six. <laughs> all the way up. Oh, it was all the and, way up. Anyway, Spencer, tell them good luck, and, and the kids will have a good time in Panama City. Thanks, boys. And right. don't tell anybody we, sold, we told you this. <laughs> See you later. Oh, no, exactly. Bye-bye. Right. <laughs> Bye-bye. Well, See it's happened later. again. You squandered another perfectly good hour listening to Car Talk. Our esteemed producer is Doug the Subway Fugitive, not a slave to fashion, Bongo Boy Berman. Our associate producers are Louis Cronin the Barbarian and David Gibraltar Green. Our senior web lackey is Doug the Old Gray Mayor. Our engineer is John Cartman Parati, and our technical, spiritual, and menu advisor just back from the Myanmar Arctic Char Steak Tatar Carob Bar Cookie Jar Zoop the Bar. <laughs> we'll all snub the salad bar. Is John Bugsy Lawler? <laughs> our public opinion pollster is Paul Murky of Murky Research, assisted by statistician Marge Inovera. Our customer care representative is Haywood Buzzoff. Our personal makeup artist is Bud Tugley. Our staff orthopedist is Denise Hoyt. <laughs> our wardrobe advisor is Luke Howard Fitzhugh. Our fleet maintenance manager is Renata Oil. Our children's music programmer is Al Loetta. Our director of Puzzler Answer Luxury Gift Reception is Donatella Du Bois. Our Russian chauffeur is Peak Off and Drop Off. Guest accommodations are provided by the Horseshoe Road Inn. And the head of our working mother support group is Erasmus B. Dragon. Our chief counsel from the law firm of Dewey, Chidem, and Howe is you, Lewis Dewey, known to the shivering aura enhancers in Harvard Square as Yui Louie Dewey. Thanks so much for listening. We're Click and Clack, the Tapper Brothers. And if you remember anything, remember this. Don't what? drive like my brother. Oh, yeah, that's right. Right? If you remember anything, remember this. Don't <laughs> drive like my brother. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Bye-bye. CDs of the show, which is number 708, along with Car Talk clothing, audio collections, and other Car Talk gifts are available at 888-CAR-JUNK or by going to the Shameless Commerce Division of our website, cartalk.com. Also this week at cartalk.com, everything you've always wanted to know about donating your used car. But we're far too uninterested to ask. <laughs> if you have an old car that you, that you don't want to bother selling. Or you don't want to accept an insulting trade-in offer from a dealer. By the way, I've never received an insulting trade offer for any of my cars. <laughs> oh, yeah, and anything other than, get that heap off my lot, was cause for celebration in your case. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there is an alternative. You can donate your car for the benefit of your local public radio station. It's easy, and details are available all week at cartalk.com. 